March 25, 2020, it's the Waffle Pedro Show.
Waffle Peter Show. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, two late days later, I'm doing another one. Doing a lot. I think another one Saturday or Friday. Uh, you know, the this would have been day six of the tour and uh, with Mike Baguetta and Steve Hodges, but uh, postponed. Uh, and, uh, of course, Brother Matt, he's in the other part of Pedro. I'm north of him by about, I don't know, 20 three blocks no 33 blocks damn and uh but i'm not man alone because through the those wonderful software engineers in estonia with their skype stuff i got lisa saeed from lisbon portugal welcome board lisa thanks thanks for having me mike we started to show off with uh, john coltrane doing chim chim tree and then bandwagon jumping machine by Pyramid Scheme, which is your band, right? In this new Correct. Record. Yeah, it's a great record. And uh, But I want to go way back with you in your music journey. You, Lisa, what's your earliest musical recollection? Well, um, let me think. I think it, the time I remember most vividly is when I was about five and my parents were throwing a Christmas party and we kids had to stay in the back room. But for some reason, I escaped, and I came out, and I heard a lot of, like, disco and dancing. I vaguely remember, you know, like, uh, Le Freak from Chic and, you know, just other soul hits from the era. It was early 80s to share my age. But, yeah, that was about it. Who's I would say baseman, uh, Chic, Bernie. Uh, yeah, I, he, he died of a, a flu in Tokyo or something. Kind of young in his thirties or forties or something. But he's great bass man. Uh, in in the pad where you grew up, were your parents? Uh, did they do music, or were they just listeners? Yeah, they were just listeners. But uh, did you get into their uh, collection? They have records, uh, cassettes, eight track, whatever. Yeah. So, um, good question. We, I think. I remember the 8-track, my dad, I guess we got like Cadillacs and stuff in the early, day, in the early days. Uh-huh. Um, my parents are from Egypt, I don't know if you know that. And so um, they came in the 70s to the U.S., moved to Tennessee, and kind of got into soul and folk music. And uh, my dad told me he got a bunch of records from Kmart, and they had this thing. He would just like listen to it, and if he didn't like it, he would return it. Well, um. <laughs> my ma, my ma used to do that with, with dresses. There was this store, Rick's Racks, and they must have caught on. She'd get it on a Friday, wear it, and then return it on Monday. <laughs> yeah. you know, we grew up in yeah. housing, so we were in Kano and stuff. But <laughs> okay, uh, uh, so was there any instruments in the where you grew up inside the house? Yeah, I think. We had a piano, I remember. I didn't take lessons, but um, my sisters did. Yeah, we had a piano that I used to bang on. Okay, so maybe that's the first instrument you tried? Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't really know any songs except for Heart and Soul. Um, But yeah. You didn't have the hell of the piano teacher from hell (laughs) story. That's true. (laughs) Because I've had a lot of people on the show. Some people had great, I think it depends a lot on the teacher more than the actual instrument. 
What yeah. About, what about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Um, I think I might have done handbells for a spell, but I was pretty bad. Like I didn't read music as well as I should have, <laughs> and so what, I would just kind of like improvise. And I think I had a bass note, so I could just sneak it in, you know, mess up a little bit more gracefully than if I had a higher pitch. But yeah, that was about it. Okay. Well, I, I want to ask you the first record you bought for yourself. Oh, I think I went in with my sister and we got an LP version of Footloose. <laughs> oh, Patrick Swayze? <laughs> uh, no, uh, the Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, that's it. I, I can't remember those guys. They're all good looking guys from that, that era. And, and, and good dancing. Like, I think the whole movie's about dancing, right? Yeah, so they had those, like, kind of, the soundtrack was definitely, I, f I feel like they had the anthemic songs, if I remember correctly. <laughs> anthemic. So, older sister? I have two older sisters, one older brother. I'm the youngest. Yeah, so what I found is people that were younger in their family, they kind of inherit kind of sounds from the brothers and sisters from their records. Definitely. Okay. I definitely used all of, you know, everybody's collection. Yeah, yeah. What, what about the first gig that you went to? What was that? <laughs> um, well, I'm going to be honest. I didn't go see a lot of live music up until, until I went to college, but I do remember my mom taking us to see um, Donnie and Marie Osmond. I think I was about seven. Okay. Um, and that was kind of, you know, my first live show at a big arena. So it was just, it was kind of bizarre. Everybody screaming for Donnie. Yeah, um, because he had a band with his brothers. It was kind of like <laughs> a Jackson 5. Yeah. And then he went on his own and then I guess went with his sister. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw the sister era of <laughs> the shows. I think she does commercials now for... Uh, Losing weight. Oh, yeah. I think, I think uh, if I remember, I don't watch uh, much of the stuff with commercials. I just don't have patience. I, I want to play here uh, Next Hero.
the day my head caught fire I felt like I was falling away from everything and everybody that I've ever loved oh, the day my head caught fire Falling away from everything and everybody I've ever loved. Oh, the day, the day my head caught fire, and I felt like I was falling away. Stay inside for Halloween Candy fiend on the trampoline Christmas lights and kerosene Blossom so mean Easter inside the submarine Rice and beans, rice and beans From the delivery machine Let's hang out from six feet away I wanna see you from six feet away I wanna love you from
from six feet away. I wanna sex you from six feet away. Let's have fun from six feet away. Say something nasty from six feet away. Gonna make you come from six feet away. Can you make me come from six feet away? Can't get fucked up from six feet away. Can't get knocked up from six feet away. You can't get sick from six feet away. You can look at my dick from six feet away. Someday soon we'll be five feet away. One of these days we'll be three feet away. Sometime soon we'll be one foot away. And then I'll be in you.
Just trying to have a little fun, folks. That's all.
Black for Peter show. Uh, yeah, next hero, pyramid scheme, and people that's not spelled with a Y. It's got an I. So uh, your Google searches will be right on the mark with uh, these here. Uh, Raylan Nelson Band, which is uh, they're Tennessee. It's a Woody uh, Willie Nelson's granddaughter, uh, Raylan, and uh, the day my head caught fire. M.B. Jones out of Pusan with living in quarantine. J Jacob Karchik, six feet away. A DJ Virus. Home. Guided by voices. Obviously, there was a thing going there. <laughs> a guy by voices with Jack Tell. Uh, Zemise 21 Vec. Uh, Macedonia, of course, guided by voices. Dayton, Mr. Pollard, uh, working on his 110th record or something. <laughs> This guy, you know, he played a gig here on New Year's Eve. 100 songs. It was like five hours long. <laughs> Wish I could have, my knees, I couldn't handle it. But, uh, I, I, yeah, maybe they had a elderly uh, person area with seats. I could have. Ellipse after that was Signal Erovizia. This is uh, the former Yugoslavia. A bilge pump. In, in the 60s, too, their, their idea of surf. Bilge Pump out of England leads the fuck over Lucy Lee, Lee, Lee from uh, England with Cruel. Schizofuel out of Amarillo with 804. And finally, regular guy, Pyramid Scheme. It's okay, Scheme is spelled the way most people do it. So it's just the pyramid is I instead of a Y, and, uh, which, which I like. Uh, okay, back to the story of... Uh, the journey through music, Lisa Said. Uh, what about the stuff? I'm going to a junior high and high school, uh, where after school you do a bedroom band or a garage band, a basement band. Did you do that stuff? No, I was kind of like, um, what do you call it? I kind of just did stuff on my own. Um, I just kind of went outside. Um, no, I didn't learn any instruments. I tried to teach myself harmonica and then I didn't really learn anything until I was in my 20s, to well, be honest. Okay. No, Joe Biza in uh, Sacred Trust, he started guitar at 27. There was a lot of people in the old days of the movement, you know, in the 70s, it, you know, they never did music in, in the, because the scene was so open, anybody could do it, you know. So you had people trying it out for, for he was an artist, you know, he, he drew and stuff, but hey, why don't I try guitar? So I think when uh, Orson Welles' last piece of work, he said, no wine before it's time. So I don't think there's any a, a wrong age. Uh, Vincent, I think, only painted his last 10 years. He never painted as a okay. kid. Yeah. A Van Gogh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, Watt knows some things. Gets a lot of it wrong, but I—I I, I, there's a museum there and uh, named after him in Amsterdam, and I spent many time, I've done many visits there, and I really got into him. He, he, he's so econo, you know. I would like to do that with music, where you only need two strokes for the eye, <laughs> you know, not all labored and stuff. Just it's so econo. It's like good bass lines, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So okay, so college was kind of a turning point then, right? With music, yeah. For well, 
It was because I started to meet musicians. I didn't really know musicians in high school, but I would say sheltered in Tennessee. And so, yeah, college, I met musicians. We would kind of trade collections or, you know, recommend things. I found my tribe, I guess. And then, um, yeah, it was after college that I convinced some people to help me play, um, learn how to play bass. I think I was about 26 or 27. Wow, at like Joe Biza's age. And what, did you pick bass? I picked bass because I wanted to be in a band with a friend and I didn't want to just be the singer. So I needed to learn an instrument before I'd feel comfortable playing in a band. Well, I'm kind of biased towards bass, so I'm curious to why, why you picked. I, I'm glad you made the choice, but do you know why? Oh, yeah, I'm a rhythm player. Oh, I'm okay. definitely a rhythm player, and I wanted to be a drummer. That was my first hope. Ah, um, yeah, But, yeah, drums, I can't really, like, yeah, I can't be my own metronome, so I have to rely on a really good drummer and then feel free to play. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. Okay, uh, so let's talk bass. What was your first bass? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fancy. That's okay. Um, I, I also have to say I'm a lefty. That's okay. And I didn't have much money at the time. So, um, you know, le- finding a lefty base is kind of hard. Yep. Um, especially on a budget. So yep. I got something called a Johnson. <laughs> a Johnson. <laughs> which, which was somewhat ironic. Um, <laughs> so my first base was a Johnson. But I've gra- since graduated, um, I have a um like a fender jazz made in japan to make it lighter it's from the i think it's it's a 90 but it's a 62 reissue maybe which is the first ones yeah yeah yeah, the jazz came out you know the first the p bass is 51 it's like 10 years later when leo comes up with the the jazz uh what, what was your first bass amp my first bass amp was, um, I forgot, I think it's the, whatever John Entwistle played, <laughs> it was the Ashdown, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Electric, yeah. Ashdown, they were the people that came from a, a, a company called Trace Elliott and, uh, for, over in England. And uh, I seen him play solo once, and he had a lot of amps. Like, half the stage was his amps. <laughs> So you probably used, uh, well, yeah, they got all kinds of different models. And uh, I've used them on tour. In fact, uh, I got one in with the Italian guys in uh, Bologna, so I don't have to, you know, rent. I got a little, I think it's called uh, the Rumble or something, Road, Road something. But, you know, these Class D amps now weighs like five pounds and is 800 watts. They, they, uh. didn't, they didn't have that in the old days. Oh, yeah. Th- things are so much lighter now. I use these boxes called Bareface. They're from Brighton in England. 1,200-watt box that weighs 40 pounds. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. Wow. Yeah. Th- that's, that's that was not part all of my limiting factor. Yeah. Wait. Now, now, <laughs> now uh, tell me about your first gig. My first gig ever? Hmm. Yeah, it might have been with... Um, um, so I had two bands when I was in Asheville. This is 
you know, when I started learning how to play. Um, one was like a punk pop all girl group trio. Um, and I think called? we just, we are called Touchless Automatic. <laughs> and I played guitar. Oh, you play guitar. And, yeah, so I play guitar now mostly because I just started, um, after I started learning bass, I learned guitar to pl- write songs. Sure. And then eventually it was just easier to sing and play guitar and write songs. And then I could just, you know, usually play with another a lead guitar player and play rhythm. When you were um, doing the bass, did you ever write on the bass? Yeah, that was the thing. It was too hard for me to write on the bass. Because, you know, for me, about 95%, 90%, sometimes I'll write on a guitar. But I, I like to write on the bass because it leaves uh, room for the guys you're playing with. Sometimes the guitar, the piano, they got more, they got a lot of harmonic content, much more than the bass. And so you're already, you know, boxing them in. Whereas, this is, I'm just, I'm not speaking for everyone, this is a why. If you do it on the bass, you become like the launch pad, the, the springboard, and then they can take it somewhere. So, I, I, you know, I didn't know that when I was younger. Younger, I just played with D. Boone, and so I never had to show, teach him anything. I'd just play, and he'd come up with a part, you know, because we grew up together. So I was just curious about that. Okay, so uh, this this for, uh, we're, we're talking about your first gig. Your first gig you actually did on guitar. Yeah, um, Touchless Automatic. I was playing at the same time I was playing with my other band, Teleprompters. Um, that's where I played bass, and I would switch out the instrument, um, sometimes playing guitar. But mostly um, played guitar, played covers. Um, <laughs> the funniest thing about this first gig with Touchless Automatic was yeah. the crowd went wild. I will say that we are naturally good at our instruments, but we'd only been playing together for like a month. <laughs> so wow. it was um yeah we you know we had a really visceral response but i remember afterwards somebody told me oh it was really great it was like the shags is that that oh, um, yeah. band from the- <laughs> <laughs> there were there were this i think sisters that the father put the band together like in rural vermont or new hampshire and he really thought they were going to be as big as the beatles or something and they made this record called Philosophy of the World, I think in the early 70s. And uh, it don't, when you hear it, it's like they, maybe they don't know how to play, you know. So that's a weird kind of compliment. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of throwing shade in a jerky way. But you know what? People Although there is it. there's something really wonderful about the Shags. But man, it, it, it's pretty intense. <laughs> Have you heard them since? I did. And, yeah. you know, I will say that even though we were new, we were still on point rhythmically much more than the Shags were. <laughs> yeah. I think there's one left. One sister is left and she made a, her name's Dot or something, and she made a solo record. And uh, kind of like half Japanese, if you know the, the, the Fair Brothers, Jad and uh, David. That's what I always think of when I hear kind of stuff so so were you scared because uh, i get scared at gigs so i'm wondering were you scared uh i don't know you know i always think i was gonna i always thought i would have more um more stage fright than i did um but yeah it was a bit 
it was a bit scary leading up to it because you know I don't know like and I still have a hard time with like the stage you know like setting it up setting up your gear setting yeah. up everything um yeah. but yeah I was a bit scared okay but I kind of kind of got to the point where I didn't give a crap about anything that's so, good just, that's you know. good <laughs> you, you know that's what at the end of the day you got to do or you you know knuckle under what what about the first helicopter gig yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. Um, I do remember I played with my bandmate. Um, we played a Velvet Underground <laughs> cover show, and uh, we played one. We played two songs. We oh. played um, Rock and Roll yeah. and Waiting for the Man, Good and that song. was fun. And then you can stretch them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And then I remember I played a kazoo for. Um, I played on bass. Okay. I do remember that, and I played a kazoo for the viola part, John Kill's viola part in rock and roll. Oh wow! And every and people afterwards were like, "What was that?" You know, and he think, also played yeah. bass in Velvet Underground. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he played organ. Of course, he's known for the viola because he was doing avant garde before he met Lou Reed. But then his rock and roll, I think he could play everything. He's pretty amazing. Minutemen got to play with him once. It's pretty. Uh, I've always been a big fan of him, and that's that's interesting. So the the gig was all the bands doing Velvet Underground. Yeah, it was a tribute. Yeah, a tribute. Wow. Well, if you're going to make a tribute to somebody, that's a good band. Uh, Bob Quine, the the Voidoids guitar player, made uh, I think a cassette recording of every Cleveland gig. They did Cleveland the most. Twenty three Cleveland gigs, I think. Uh, we're at the end of the first hour, March 25, 2020. Special guest, Lisa Saeed. Hold tight for hour two. March 25, 2020. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Watch from Pedro Show. We start second hour with No More Anymore Pyramid Scheme. And Mike Rignetta with his uh, March. He's trying to do like a 20 minute song every month of uh, 2020. Uh, River Things. Then uh, from the 80s, uh, uh, Power Trio from uh, Osaka. All ladies. Uh, OXZ. Speaking of the ox. <laughs> Oxes? <laughs> I don't know. Boy Boy is the tune. And uh, Fancy Spires from the City, uh, San Francisco. The Curse of the Wandering Eye, which is live over KXSF. Great station. Pyramid Scheme, finally, with uh, Pay to Play. So, uh, did, did either of those bands you were in early record? Yeah, so, tell well, um, Touchless Automatic was just, we played covers. Um, we recontextualize kind of like more dude songs, I would say. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Teleprompters, yeah, we did record. We, um, we recorded more than we played out. And let's see. Was that your we first reco- ex- experience at recording? Yeah, I had a friend um, who was in the band, and he was really great sound engineer. So we made like a studio, and the it's like it's kind of a horrific situation that I lived in a warehouse back in Asheville. Um, it was like one of those warehouses that artists lived in, not supposed to live there. Oh, you mean like but, ghost <laughs> up in uh, Oak Town with the ghost ship, right? All those people burned ex- up. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that would that. That was super sad, but that yeah, was the terrible. situation I was in maybe 10 years before that happened. And, um, yeah, so, but it enabled us to, you know, practice whenever we wanted yeah. and we had a drum kit there and, um, yeah, we just made a lot of noise for over a year and then recorded there too. And, how was recording for you? Did We got something we call red light fever. Like you're playing fine, and as soon as you know it's being recorded, you start clamming like a motherfucker. Um, actually, that was the luxury of our situation, since we weren't paying anybody, and we had all the time in the world. We could just do it and do it. So it took us a long time. We never released it. It was kind of like right before MySpace came about. So um, it was just one of those things that, I mean, I didn't mind doing, I was learning in the process and able to just kind of like re-record, re-record. Um, I didn't get nervous until I was started working at Inner Ear, kind of like more of a professional setting for me. So Okay, yeah, so you feel more pressure. Uh, so, so so both these bands, you joined them, you, they weren't your, really your bands, right? Yeah, they were, oh, even they were. though I was new at it. Yeah, we were all kind of new at it. Oh, so kind of equal? I mean, you weren't the band leader, I'm trying to... Or were you? I don't know. I was the co-leader of one of them. Um, and then, yeah, so those are my two early bands. But then um, when I moved to D.C., I played with a band called Sister X. I played bass, didn't sing. Um, and those were with veteran musicians. So I just, you know, hung back and learned a lot. Ah, it's almost like a side uh, lady or side person. Yeah, I could just focus on being the rhythm section. Sure. You had a good drummer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing like playing bass with a good drummer, man. I play with Perk, George Hurley or something. I mean, there's just something about it. 
a drummer who's struggling, it's you struggle kind of on the bass. <laughs> they just help you out a good bit. I think the, cl the closest note on stage to us is the kick drum. We share so much with them. It looks like a guitar, but it's kind of like a drum. Uh, I want to see, uh, I want to play Seeing This Before, okay?
understand the throbbing, the heart of the place, the lights, the music, the girls, the big time appeal, well, the thrill is fine. It's just not my thing. Seems a little degrading, paying for some favors. How humiliating to be put in your place. I respect the dancers. They make a living. I'll just take a rain check on that sexual thing. Get out on my own terms if I need it, but I don't think so. I'm doing fine. Save the breasts for someone else. Gumby! He was once a little green slab of clay. Gumby! You should see what Gumby can do today. Gumby! He can walk into any book with his pony pal Pokey too. If you've got a heart, then Gumby's a part of you. Gumby!
Pedro show. We've seen this before, my pyramid scheme. And then Trotsky Ice Pit from SoCal here with Love Song with Migraine. Uh, Stoma out of uh, Rotterdam. Caught up Pavonis. Joe Brewer out of Madison, Exotic Toxic. Charlie Hancock. I think he was from the Hill. He was in a pre-tragic comedy. At Cake Coles, I think they were called. Gumby. It's the theme. And then finally, Mean Street from Pyramid Scheme. So, it was good education playing bass with this DC band. Uh, is this where you get the idea of your own trip? Yeah. Uh, like Pyramid Scheme? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I've gone through a lot of evolutions of, you know, confidence <laughs> lack of confidence, of course, back yeah. to confidence. And so I think uh, I wasn't really ready to lead a band um, until maybe <laughs> last year. Um, but okay. uh, there was two iterations of Pyramid Scheme that you played. I, I should have let you know, but um, the first one was, you know, the first one you played with Bandwagon, Jumping Machine, and Regular Guy, and Next Hero um was kind of like the first version we it was just me as a the continual member from one version to the other um so yeah i mean the first version um it just kind of happened and i was playing with this drummer andrew toy who is great and um continued to play with him at darian day he you know and started the pyramid scheme with him and Howard Raybuck joined for um, on bass. And so after that was over, because, you know, everybody wants to do different projects after a few months, yeah. which is cool. And so that kind of that kind of was went on hiatus. And then we st started in a different version about six months later after I felt like, you know what, I need to play again and I need to play with a band and it was a different process, and it was just really cool to experience it very differently. Um, the creative process was really different in each formation, but really special for both. And uh, can I ask you why you, you didn't call the new project or the new iteration a different name? Yeah, well, I struggled with that for a long time, deciding because I wanted to give it its own name, but also... I think because the first the first run um we didn't you know we we played together for about a year so it didn't necessarily um I would say that I invested a lot in doing the web stuff cuz I do okay to be honest it's you know web and it's work for me to be able to establish a presence and I was feeling like, you know what? I don't want to really start from scratch. I want to just continue on with this name. And it's kind of like the ideas around music, not necessarily around me. It's not necessarily about my songs, but about, you know, just this, um, you know, people getting together. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, people getting together, play music. And, you know, each one had its unique feature, I think. Um, well, I ask you, least because to me, in a way, a band name's really important. It's like naming a child. You know what I mean? Because it kind of takes, it makes an image. It gives the people something to focus on. Then if you just have a list of the band members, you know, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. 
I guess that became it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's something about a name of a band. It's almost like a perfect political state. You know, if these guys come or people come together and they make decisions and things happen. And <laughs> Of course, there's a lot of dirt behind the daydream. But, you know, in its most altruistic form, it's like you, you create an entity when you give a band name. So that that's why I asked you that. Uh, what... what so there's two uh, versions of the band. Tell me about the first Pyramid Scheme gig. The first Pyramid Scheme gig. Yeah, the first, uh, first it was, Pyramid Scheme. Yeah, no, I was thinking you the first first. Yeah, I got it. So it was it was cool. We were we played at Comet Ping Pong in um, D.C. And I had a lot more energy then, so I was like more into the theatrics, kind of being more glam, um, more like like literally trying to put on more makeup. <laughs> glam. You know, first gig me and D Boone went to was T-Rex. We, we liked glam. Oh, really? Yeah, we, we were only 14 years old, you know. But we really liked, we really liked it. <laughs> what album was that? I don't that know. It was, uh, Slider was just going to come out. Oh, so we wow. was playing songs from that. A lot of Electric Warrior and, and Slider. So, uh, it was funny. They had a guy, Mickey Finn, playing the congas. You couldn't hear that guy at all. But Mark Bolt, and it was strange, too, in a way, because they weren't short songs like the album. They'd start off that way, and then he, Mark Bolin would get on his knees and play lead guitar for 10 minutes. <laughs> it was really trippy. Oh but he had the hair with the glitter in it and all corkscrews and big shoes and... Uh, I don't know. He's just something else. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm a total, I totally old. swoon for him. I mean, yeah. You know what was it? Born to Boogie? Yeah, yeah. When I, well, I remember the yeah. song. There was, there was a, He had a bunch of top tens in England. Not so big in the U.S. I met his son, Roland. His name was Roland Boland. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And, you know, he, his pop died when he was only like a year. You know, first, when I first went to England, that's where I went to. Uh, to London, uh, I asked somebody to take me to the tree where the car hit. Because, and it had all these letters oh. written on it. I think there's more formal now. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, that's great you did glam, because there's a part of what that's glam. <laughs> We're at the end of the second hour. March 25, 2020. Special guest, Lisa say Hold tight for hour three. March 25, 2020. It's the third hour. What from Pedro? Yeah. 
Watch for Pedro show. Start off the third hour with Pyramid Scheme doing Modern World. Then from uh, Ireland, Organs, number four. That's the other side of the cassette that uh, Bushy sent me. Follow uh, him after that with his brand new record, a tune from uh, Where We Come From. Tragic Comedy. Wow, we were just talking about it. Drastic Change. Me and Deep Boom put out their first uh, eight song, 12 inch. And then finally, uh, Dark Lights, Pyramid Scheme. Uh, okay, t- tell me about this album that just came out in January. Yeah, so um just came out in January. It's six songs. Um, we started t- early 2019 recording, and actually that's when we started. We got together, um, the four of us, um, the drummer and the guitar player. I can say names. Yeah, you um, can. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'd be happy to. Um, Abner J- Abner Hara on um, drums, and he had just moved from Chile. And was the cool thing was is he was learning English, and he was recommended by um, Andrew Toy, who was in the first version. And so um, I knew about Abner, and then I was like, but who am I going to get to play guitar? And then I remembered Richard Benhomea, who um, I found out was from his family's from Colombia and he's a native speaker of Spanish. And so they got along great. Um, we played the first time um, and it really just gelled. And so then later after we started playing a few songs, um, I brought in Sarah Brooke Pergle. I knew her from the record um, from a guitar store that I went to. And I asked her if she played bass because I saw all these posts. I knew she played guitar and she was like, yeah. And she had a um, a cool bass ready to go. And she was working on her own project and joined us. And it worked really well. Um, so we put together new songs really quickly and then um, recorded them. And it took a bit to, like, finish it and polish it. Um, but, yeah, we released it this year and really just psyched that we got that out. Can I ask you how long it took to record? Yes. So I worked a little differently this time. I was used to, so I basically produce project manage most of my recordings, whether it's my solo stuff or with the band. Um, and, um, usually I would record drums over the course of one or two days at inner ear. And so this time we did the drums and, um, you know, all the tracking, like the live tracking and one day at inner ear in March of last year. And then we kind of tackled the overdubs, which in this case, the only overdubs were mostly um, vocals and bass. And that's because um, the bass player, Sarah and her um, partner produced the vocal tracking and the overdubs at their home studio. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah, like cuz drums you need kind of a bigger room and I do, I do a lot of my stuff here in my pad but I can't do drums. So I, Yeah, I, I can, so I can that's... relate. I can relate. And uh Okay, so um you're in Portugal now. 
Yeah, I moved actually right after the release, and we had a record release show. But the band members, are they still in D.C.? They're still in D.C. Um, I came here kind of like, just going to take a hiatus, figure it out, work on some things. Um, But yeah, I'm for more, uh, for better or for worse, kind of like, here now because you know i can't really fly away and come back so um <laughs> not with the situation <laughs> yeah so you know i but that's I something you didn't plan on you not, just happened to you right and i have happened to us yeah exactly the yeah the crisis yeah. that nobody saw coming although we could have <laughs> seen it coming but i know i know i want to puke but, but yeah no, i but know <laughs> i don't really want to but uh i want to play bigger bar
We're good to go. We like to surf. I can see you from the back of my car. It's a scrub that you know will go far. We had to know for on a second and tip. The waves are coming and we're gonna rip. We surf all day, then we lay on the beach. The sun is warm, it's out of our reach. Our skin is blistered, our bodies are warm. We surf some more while the waves hold their form. We know the private will buy us some booze. It's his choice, but we can't lose. Camp David, he's his home in his turf. He drives his tank down the hill while we surf. We surf all day and we lay on the beach. The sun is warm, it's out of our reach. Our skin is blistered, our bodies are warm. We surf some more while the waves hold their form.
Live from Pedro Show. Uh, last music for this edition, Beggar Borrow from Pyramid Scheme. Uh, Mega Doubt from uh, Piece of Pizza. And this is a, 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 another uh, entity from uh, DJ Virus uh, coming out of Trieste. Uh, San, uh, San Ardo with uh, We Like to Surf. Loose Booty on Third Stone. Edit 2 from the Groove Creator Method. That's Brother Phil. Big Bear. And finally, Fun Time Friend. Pyramid Ski. So people, you, you hear... Lisa here went to uh, Lisbon, Portugal. And then this the drama crisis came on. And so she's stuck there in the bands over in D.C., and so there's probably no plans. Well, nobody's touring. I had to cancel my tour. You know. Not cancel, postpone. So uh, I'm curious because what, what, what me and the uh, second man, organ man, Pizzo is trying to do here, we got a studio, you know, we've been building over the last 10 years. We're, we're going to try to hook it up for live streaming. Have you thought about doing gigs that way? Yeah. Well, actually, I was helping. Um... Uh, I don't like to tell people this, but you know, I'll just tell. I'll just tell the you know podcast listeners and you, of course. Um, I do tell some tech stuff, so yeah, I was helping people kind of like do the live streaming thing, and I'm gonna get into it later. Um, I'm just not ready yet. <laughs> I don't know why it feels so awkward for me to play solo again, but uh, once I get comfortable, I will start by live streaming. Uh, the situation there, uh, can you, you you can't jam with because Lisbon's got a lot of musicians. I, I I've I've done some gigs there and uh, they've got quite of an experimental scene. My my buddy uh, Alex from Dirty Beaches has got a lot of Lisbon friends and you know avant garde kind of things. Uh, I'm I'm curious, but are you guys in a kind of lockdown? Yeah, we're. We're pretty much in a lockdown right now. I mean, we can go out for groceries and um, walking around and getting fresh air, but I've pretty much been in my own, the, the same neighborhood, just walking around my neighborhood. Yeah, and you, you're not really jamming with other musicians. You know, yeah, not yet. But you're into tech, you know. This is what we got to do is uh, get some kind of collaborative, uh, 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 cut down the latency problem so we can jam with each other over the internet. Totally. You know yeah. What I, mean? I, I don't want to give to up on music. I don't. Like, it's a different world, right? It's we got to adapt to it. I just don't want to give up music. Somehow we got to keep it going, you know. So like, yeah, the radio show here and stuff, and and you say you're going to get involved. That's a great thing to do. So we, so we just don't roll over and lay down, you know. Somehow we still try to get music going. You made a great record here. I mean, it's it's too bad you can't play it for people, but I think the time will come. Uh, yeah, we'll be able to do I, I mean, I hope so. If we just not hang out together. Look, I learned this last tour because uh, I was get sick of getting tour. Now, this was 45 gigs of 45 days. I drove all 13,380 miles. I didn't get sick once. Also, never shook anybody's hand. I only gave Melbo or maybe a knuckle. And it works. I mean, this is before I knew any of this stuff, right? This is September, November. Actually, I've known it before, but I really was hardcore about it this tour. Some dudes got pissed off. But, man, don't want to get sick. I'm 62. Yeah, anyway. no, it's, it's yeah, everybody should, what are, you, what are they saying, um, shelter in place? Yeah, yeah. 
and it just makes sense. I go and take walk, but man, like this morning, uh, luckily I live by the water, right in the harbor of Los Angeles, Pedro, and you know, motherfuckers coming walking right towards you. So I just cross the street. It's like they're not even, you know, I don't know what's in their mind. But, you know, I have the practical experience of 40 years of touring, and definitely people can get each other sick with these bugs. So I don't mean to be all preachy and shit. But what I'm, I'm, what I'm really trying to say is we'll, we'll get over to playing for people again somehow. Maybe it won't be live, though. Maybe it might have to be these Internet gigs. The thing I hate about the YouTube.com is with the leashes, the sound is so terrible. But if you've got a good studio, you know, and we've worked hard with acoustics and equipment, all this, you know, and then you put up some cameras, and th that's what we're going to try to do. And you being a, a solo artist, maybe you just need your uh, the, the, the camera on your craft top or something, and you can play for people, you know. And I, I saw um, Chris Brokaw do that last weekend from... Uh, he was with uh, Talia Income, and he just did a uh, play. It. Some of the sound was kind of bad, though. I See, that's what's going to turn people off is bad sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think totally. you made a great album here, and that's forever. If you get to play it for people, <laughs> and maybe there'll be another iteration. Maybe there'll be a Lisbon version of Pyramid Scheme. <laughs> you might be staying there a little while. And uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? There could be a, a Lisbon version <laughs> i'm telling you yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cats there that can fucking cook they can play great even last summer when i was with flipper the sax man was from lisbon and we were playing in uh, paradiso in amsterdam and this dude can fucking blow man that's so, great to know yeah i'm looking forward to meeting everybody and playing again um okay. outside of my apartment <laughs> yeah yeah when, when it's healthy when it's safe you know, in the meantime, you can compose, right? That's what I'm doing now, and uh, also collaborating uh, by trading files and shit like that. So, uh, you know, I'm really uh, honored to, you are on the show, Lise, and you're part of the big music movement. And uh, please keep on keeping on. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It was my honor. Oh, and yeah, pleasure. we got to tell and people. Thanks for having me. Yeah, but we got to tell people where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, so. Pyramid scheme. Autocorrect will um, fight you on this, but you just got to fight back. Instead of a Y, it's an I for yeah, pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so P I R A M I D S C H E M E dot com? Dot com. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, keep on keeping on. Keep that uh, keel in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Rachel. Okay, Thanks, people. Mike. Stay healthy. I, I promise. I'm, I'll try. Um, it's been a March 25, 2020 Dishwap People's Pedo Show. People, keep your powder dry. <laughs>